together. And once again, just welcome everyone and welcome to all those who are participating online. Thanks for joining in. And as Mark said, my name's Joe Crummy. And over the last couple of months, I've been walking us through a whole series called Formation, the way of Jesus. And we've been discovering and developing a way to follow Jesus with Jesus himself actually being our model. And in, we see in God's word that Jesus says to back 2,000 years ago, and he says to us today to come and to follow him and to come to him for rest. And as we've seen, uh, well, and just as we've been worshiping, we see that Jesus is God, that Jesus is, he said, the way, the truth, and the life, that Jesus is. Anyone wants to come to the Father, we have access to God through him. And as Jody talked about on Christmas Eve, Jesus is the light of the world, and that we don't want to walk in darkness, but we can put our faith and hope and trust in him, that we can walk with purpose and meaning and hope and love found in a relationship with Jesus. And therefore, our lives should revolve around Jesus, that he should be the one that we are seeking to follow and to please and to live our lives for. But as we've seen, there are so many distractions in our world, just in everyday life, and sometimes even our best attempts. Sometimes we know, oh, and sometimes we just fall into some bad habits, and sometimes we realize that we're not very intentional in following Jesus. And so this whole series has been about making ourselves have some habits and patterns and practices that put us in awareness of Jesus' presence and being led by his Holy Spirit. So just a quick review. We've been looking at this whole thing of spiritual formation, and we've used Robert Mulholland's definition of this. Spiritual formation is the process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. That's our goal, that when we become Christians, God wants to form and to shape us and mold us to be more like his son, Jesus. And that's the process. And it's for the sake of others, just as Jesus came to serve and to give his life, that we give our lives in the service of others. So how do we be intentional in that? And we've been talking about that we need some help. And so I'm going to grab my visual aid. Sorry, those online. I'll be right back. And so we've been developing using this whole idea sort of as a plant, as an illustration, and just as a plant uses a trellis as a framework, and the plant begins to grow and develop, and it's got support and protection, and that framework is there to help facilitate growth and fruitfulness and to flourish. And in a similar way, we've been looking at what are some patterns and practices that we can incorporate and develop into our life, that we can grow in Christ, that we can become more fruitful, that we can become more like Jesus, because it just doesn't happen. We need some help in that. And so we've used this definition from our pastor in Vancouver, Ken Shigematsu, about this framework of life. And here's that definition. Framework of life is it's a pattern of practices. You can put habits, patterns, like habits, practices. There's different words, disciplines we can use, but a pattern of practices that supports our friendship with Jesus so that we bear the fruit of Jesus' character. We experience his presence in everything, and we in turn help offer nourishing life to others. We get to offer Jesus to others. Whew, that's a great goal. If you're looking for something for 2022, that's a great thing to have before us. And so over the last couple months, there's what we've begun to found, that we've been looking at what are some of the foundations for this framework that are for all of us. 
that these apply to every one of us. And we've been looking at, as we see Jesus' life, we see that Jesus knew the Word of God. He hungered for the Word of God. And so we want to feed on God's Word. And we've been looking at how do we have a game plan for that? What are some helpful hints that we can incorporate into our life that the Word of God we value, not only value, we feed, we get life, we encounter Jesus as we're in His Word. We've been looking at prayer, and Gary had part two last week of just this communication with God as our Father, that we can begin to learn to hear God's voice, that we can have all of our lives in open communication with God through Jesus. And just before Christmas on December 19th, you can go to ChristCentral.ca, you can go to our podcast and that to hear more of these messages. We've been looking at Sabbath and maybe, you know, a term that we isn't so familiar in our day. We just, we want a period of rest in our weekly lives. We want to take a day to have a time out where we can recharge and reset and we refocus and we can meet with Jesus and we can allow all of that to help us in the rest of our six days of the week. And in two weeks' time on January 23rd, we're going to take a look at the Holy Spirit. That's our fourth foundation, that we're not alone. We have the Holy Spirit to help us in all of these things. And so hopefully, I'm hoping, and maybe the next slide, I gave this one for when I was talking about feeding on God's Word. You can say, well, Joe, what does that actually look like? This is all we're asking in a framework of life, is we're just asking that in each one of those categories, you begin to, maybe you can write it down, you can keep it on your phone, on your tablet, but you're actually beginning to develop a game plan for this framework of life. So you might go, you know what, man, I'm just really sporadic and feeding on God's Word. Well, maybe, I'm just giving you a whole bunch of different examples here. You don't have to do all of them and pick, but maybe you're going to say, okay, every morning, I'm going to just start by reading a couple of verses of God's Word. Maybe I've got a Bible reading plan that I'm going to go through in a year. Maybe it's, I'm best before I go to bed at night. Maybe it's my noon hour, whatever it might be. Maybe I'm going to take a larger chunk of Scripture, a different once a week, and then one day a month, I'm going to maybe take a morning just to focus on God. Whatever that looked like, it's not prescriptive that you have to, but you're thinking about and developing a plan that fits your personality, your lifestyle, and how you're wired. That's just one example. You can do the same with prayer. You can do the same with your rest. Like I said, it doesn't have to be a Sunday. It can be a different day. Those are the things that we've been trying to establish that we want to keep applying and I believe we're going to see the benefit of that. And so back on December 19th, I had Tim and Pamela Nogler share about how they've been incorporating Sabbath rest into their lifestyle. And so I'm going to ask Andy Balzer to come. And I just thought it'd be helpful. We ran out of time back in December 19th. Um, and I just asked Andy to come and just share some of the things he's been growing and developing. You can use that, Andy, in his life. And I just thought it'd be helpful to get we had Tim and Pamela, married, five kids, you know, all of that. That's one whole sort of stage of life and lifestyle. Andy, single. Hey, just said, just helping you out here, Andy. Different stage of life. And how do you, because there's pros and cons, you can think, oh man, if, you know, if only I was single, and then when you're single, oh, if I, you know, I got all these challenges of, so I just thought, Andy, why don't you come and share a bit of your story and journey on this? and then we'll continue, okay? Yeah, thanks, Joe. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll start by saying Sabbath can be a tough one for Christians. <laughs> yes. Especially in this culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I've talked to several Christians, particularly students, uh, about Sabbath, and a common struggle emerges. 
I'm too busy, uh, is the common response. Yes. And then I see their schedule, and I see the struggle. Um, yeah, and in addition, our culture is one that generally struggles with unhealthy levels of busyness that unfortunately lead to burnout. Mm -hmm. And then what's also unfortunate is Christians mm -hmm. are not exempt from this struggle. That's right. So the struggle is real. Mm -hmm. However, I still believe God calls us to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, I believe God's call to Sabbath is a call to freedom. Mm -hmm. This is my main point today, so I'll repeat it. <laughs> Say it again, Andy. God's call to Sabbath <laughs> is a call to freedom. And so when I look at the Bible, I think of two reasons for following God's command to Sabbath. One is God rested on the seventh day of creation. There's a lot that can be said there. I will not be doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, the second reason I think of is the context of the Israelites having just been freed from slavery. Right? So they were used to working mm -hmm. all day, every day, mm -hmm. no weekends, no vacations, mm -hmm. no breaks, no rest. Right? So doing that for hundreds of years, I think would develop a mindset of slavery. And so I think one of God's intentions behind the commandment of Sabbath was to break that mindset of, of slavery. Now think about our culture. We're not slaves like the Israelites were, but what's our mindset? Is it a mindset of freedom? Is it a mindset of rest? Burnout is a big concern in the workplace today. Maybe Christians can be part of the solution there. Maybe Sabbath can be part of our solution there. Maybe God's call to Sabbath is a call to freedom. Mm -hmm. Now I'll talk about what I do to remember the Sabbath mm -hmm. and keep it holy. Uh, before I do though, I'll, I'll say similar to what Joe said, my, my situation in life may be different from yours. Mm -hmm. I don't have the extra responsibility that comes from being married or having kids. Mm -hmm. My job doesn't require me to work evenings or weekends. Even my personality is one that simply does not need to be on the go all the time. Mm -hmm. With that said, here's what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing is, for as long as I can remember, I've just always avoided doing either schoolwork or other kinds of work, uh, at least one day per weekend. Mm -hmm. In the past, that's been Sunday. Currently, it's Saturday. And so knowing that day is off limits for work, it puts my mind at ease. I don't wonder whether I should be working on something that day. The answer is no. <laughs> I find that freeing. An additional practice I put into place several years ago was a self-imposed rule uh, that I would generally stay off the internet during Sabbath. All right, so no social media, no Googling stuff, no Wi-Fi, phone data. I'm offline. Mm -hmm. um, all right, and I find it lovely. 
not having those internet notifications rolling in. Now, it can force me to get creative at times about what I end up doing that day. And I'll make the occasional exception. For example, if I'm doing a video call with someone and they can't do another time, that seems like a worthwhile exception. More often, though, people have to adjust to my schedule. And I actually can find that part tough at times because the, the people-pleasing part of me mm -hmm. doesn't like asking people to adjust on my behalf. So thank you to any family or friends or people that have adjusted to my Sabbath practice. You know who you are. So as I said before, your situation may be different than mine, mm -hmm. but I invite you to consider the following. What would it look like if each person in our church found some way or another to honor God's call to Sabbath? Mm -hmm. What would happen if the world witnessed the difference Christians experience when we enter God's rest? All right, main point, one more time. God's call to Sabbath is a call to freedom. That's, That's it. Andy, thank you so much. That's really, really helpful. And again, you can go back to December 19th. We go over some of the principles of rest and Sabbath and how we see how it's a little bit different from some of the things in the Old Testament. It's the principle, though, of having time. It could be a Monday. It, it, there's different. We're not stuck to one day, but it's that bringing freedom that is so encouraging. So, Andy, thank you so much. And people can talk to you afterwards if they have any more questions, maybe in some of the things to go along with that. All right. Thanks so much, Andy. Give Andy a hand. Thank you. It's always... Let's give that to you, Joe. Thank you. All right. And one of the key things that we've seen in our whole thing with this whole thing of formation and our framework not is that as Christ gets deformed in us, it is for the sake of others and bringing life to others. And this morning, it's uh, a great joy to have our dear friends Jenny and Derek here with us. And in a moment, they're going to come and share. And Jenny and Derek have been uh, involved more and more. In, I did a podcast with them back in October. So if you go to our podcast, you'll hear more of the story because we don't have time to fit it all in um, this morning. But God's really called them. And part of them following Jesus has been to have a heart and a real um, dedication to bringing uh, God's kingdom into the Bahamas and then some of the different areas that are really struggling and with their gifts and personality and with their whole business thing, God has opened up a door and they've been obedient to walk through it. And why don't you come, Jenny and Derek, and you can share a bit more of how things have sort of evolved and now you're part of a World Hope International and just some of the benefits of being part of a bigger organization. So I'll just leave it for you guys to share some, and I know you've got a PowerPoint to go along with it. So why don't you just walk it through? And again, thanks for being here this morning with us. Mm -hmm. Yep. There. There we go. Now we're good. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, as Joe said, um, a lot of you recognize us. Uh, we've come to church for quite some time, 15 years-ish. Mm -hmm. uh, and we went to Bahamas. Where are you going? Oh, you're clicking. <laughs> okay, yeah, we went to Bahamas back in 2009. And like Joe said, you can refer to the podcast as to how that all played out, but his wife might have something to do with it. <laughs> and then in 2018, our lives totally changed and our life in the Bahamas became, um, we went from a lovely vacation spot to God calling us to serve him. Um, and we pondered about that for quite some time and then we came home. We started Hope Garden Ministries um, with the help of a lot of people. And just this year uh, in January, we started speaking with the CEO of World Hope International, her name is Tanya Nace, and over several conversations and lots of Zooming, um, we realized that we should partner. And so in September of 2021, we became partners with World Hope International. So uh, what that looks like, I'm going to try to read the slides um, <laughs> sideways. So. <laughs> Before we did that, when we were just Hope Garden Ministries, and it was Derek and I plugging along with whoever was brave enough to follow us, <laughs> Sue and Keith, um, we did go back to Bahamas and we did whatever we could. We didn't know exactly what God was calling us to do at that time, but we knew we were called. So we literally pounded on doors of churches in the Bahamas and um, said, how can we help? So we took a team, we actually took three teams in 2020, right before the world shut down. <laughs> and we have impacted so many lives through God mm -hmm. um, and things we would have never imagined that we were able to do and able to serve. We've worked with huge global organizations like World Central Kitchen um, and World Hope International, which is how we met them. Um, just so many people that God has brought into our lives to allow us to serve him. Um, we've started an early childhood education conference, so we go down and we help train their early childhood educators because education is one of our main platforms. Clicker. Um, and this refers back to Dorian, and we're going to show you a video at the end of really um, how that impacted the lives of so many Bahamians and in turn impacted our lives tremendously. Um, and this is a little bit of our rebuild. Another really important partner that we met when we were there doing our rebuild in 2020 is an organization called Matthew 25 Ministries. And they are a medical mission out of Ohio. And we were blessed to, we literally randomly ran into them in a church one day. Um, we know it wasn't random, we know it was God orchestrated, but at the time it was very random. And they have since, uh, we've been in lots of conversation, lots of Zoom meetings, and they have agreed to partner with Derek and I and World Hope International and help us form our resource center in the Bahamas. So we're so thrilled to have um, such a, an amazing global um, nonprofit that holds such integrity to partner with us um, so that we can bring hope to the people of the Bahamas. And this winter, I don't know if some of you are following our page, but they actually um, made it possible for us to send 52 sunshine boxes and 
to 52 children and 14 teachers. And that was all through the generosity of the Matthew 25 ministry. So they are a huge blessing to us and we are so excited. We can't wait to get down uh, to do our assessment trip in February and in March and in April this year and work further with them. Click. Mm -hmm. um, this is just like when COVID happened. Oh my soul. Because <laughs> now we've said, yes, God, we're going to go international. We're picking up our roots. We're um, probably as Andy said, not following any rest period because most people when they get to our age, you start to think of retirement and we're doing the opposite. <laughs> and then the world shut down. So we really didn't know what that was gonna be for us. But it's kind of ironic because if the world had not shut down, we would have never met World Hope, we'd never met Tanya, and we wouldn't be part of World Hope International. So we think it's kind of hilarious, <laughs> um, God's plan and all of that. So click. Um, this is just when we met Tanya in January, and then we partnered with her in September, and we had a great launch. A lot of you were at the launch party, and we're so thankful for your sponsorship and your support. And then what are we doing? Some of you um, know what we're doing, but for those of you that don't know what we're doing, uh, we have a lot of initiatives already started. Like I mentioned, we do the ECE conference, so we go and train, we bring teachers um, and anyone really involved in the school system um, to Bahamas, and we put on a free conference for their educators. We are really looking forward to starting up the Resource Center in which we will partner with the Bahamian government. Um, it helps now that we have a global organization backing us, because now they tend to listen. Mm -hmm. um, so. Um, World Hope International's big, big platform around the world is education. Mm -hmm. And that's where we really feel that we have the strongest skills. So we are doing that. We're doing garden projects. So we're planting gardens at all of our preschools that we help sponsors so that they can have nourishing food. We have a breakfast program in the works so that the children are fed properly. Um, and can study and learn. We are improving their playgrounds so that they can have a great place to play. Um, play is so important in children's lives and in our lives, and we want them to have a safe place to do that. So that's another initiative that we've started. And there's a whole lot more. I mentioned the sunshine boxes. Um, there's a book and blankie project. There's a whole lot going on. So Jenny, one quick word. What's a sunshine box? What's a sunshine box? So a sunshine box, really quickly, it refers to, um, most of you here have been to camp. I know we're big camp people in this church. And there's nothing more exciting than being at camp and your name gets called in the dining hall and you get a care package from your mom or dad or somebody that loves you. So that's where the Sunshine Box idea came from, my camp days when I was a child. So, and then in speaking with the Bahamians, because it's one thing to want to help them, it's another thing to help people in the area that they need. Yes. So it's nice to ask them. Mm -hmm. um, and when we did ask them, the one thing that they said before anything tangible, they said, uh, the one thing that you could send us is encouragement. And I mm. thought, that's big. Because <laughs> in our world, we just say, gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, I'll mm -hmm. take a free laptop or I'll take whatever. Um, no, they didn't even ask for crayons. She asked for encouragement. Mm -hmm. And so her word of encouragement and me thinking camp, the sunshine box came out of that. So what we do is we partnered with UPS and a really nice lady named Crystal. Mm -hmm. And we fill as much stuff as we can into an envelope and a UPS envelope that we can send. And it just literally encourages them. There's some stickers. Usually there's stuff about Canada because they yeah. love Canada coloring pages, a little craft, maybe a puzzle, just something to encourage them. We put a handwritten card, we often send pictures, 
Um, and we've had several sunshine boxes sent now, and it really encourages them to just keep going. That's great. Um, yeah, so that's a sunshine box. No, that's helpful. Box. Jenny, yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. The ECE conference, the resource center, like I mentioned, super excited about getting mm -hmm. that up and off the ground. That will really be our hub. So when we're there long term, um, that's where a lot of things will happen is in the resource center. Any training that we do, when we have guests come, like any of you that might want to join us, um, we'll work out of the resource center. It will also be a place for Matthew 25, whose expertise is not only medical mission, but also shipping supplies around the world, mm -hmm. which is fabulous because shipping that's to an island is a nightmare. Yep. Um, so all of their stuff will be at the resource center. So it'll just be a, a foundation for the Hope Garden project. The natural playscapes that we mentioned. And then, yeah, this one. How can you get involved? Well, like this right now is really great to be able to share with people. One easy, simple, one second way that you can get involved is to like our Hope Garden page on Facebook and share whatever we share. Mm -hmm. um, and that gets the word out and lets people know what we're doing and how they can get involved. Um, there's lots of ways that you can give. We have things that are like $2 a month with our Kid to Kid program. We have our Hands Up campaign, which is $10 a month. And just any, any gift or any donation will certainly go um, all to the Bahamian children that we help support. And of course, you can come with us. You can <laughs> join. Um, we'd love that. And this goes back to our verse in Isaiah. And I'm going to read it if I can <laughs> read it sideways, because this is how this all started. It says, if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always and he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose water never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the old foundations. And that's what we want to do. Um, yes. So that's us in a nutshell. <laughs> that's great, Jenny and Derek both. Okay, let me just review a few things, mm -hmm. okay? So what's amazing, encouraging to me, and again, we flesh this out on the podcast, is that just in your everyday life. So we're talking about formation, following Jesus, and we're getting into God's Word, and God's Word speaks to you, and obviously changes you. You're on vacation. <laughs> you're running a daycare. You're there involved in food distribution. Just you're not even just your normal everyday lives. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about Jesus. When we spend time with Jesus, Jesus speaks. We're more aware in our everyday life that Jesus is with us, all these things. And it begins to a journey following him. One thing leads to another. We're obedient, and all of a sudden, COVID hits, so you're doing your thing. But in that pause, it's like, mm -hmm. for you guys as an organization, the framework mm -hmm. was laid. You're partnering with other organizations who have experience and legal and insurance mm -hmm. and all those things that can mm -hmm. be such huge hurdles. God's provided Definitely. and made a way. It's mm -hmm. just so encouraging. Crazy, right? <laughs> and what we're talking about is for the sake of others, that God's using your gifts, your talents, your education, your experience. God's using all of it 
to help. And in the Bahamas, they don't have the same government structure support, like there's no EI, there's no... So no. it's really on the churches and on mm -hmm. people being involved to serve where there's a lot of holes and a lot of mm -hmm. gaps, and that's, what, that's the heart behind it, and that's what you're doing. Whew, that's right. so encouraging. All right, well, we just wanted to give an opportunity for Jenny and Derek to share, and as I said, um, a lot of you have been a part of that journey. Some of you have already gone to the Bahamas in the last several years to be working with them, and we as a church just want to partner with them, and we want to get behind them in prayer and just how we can be involved. And a lot of the times for us as a church, we give financially as a church to different groups and churches and organizations, and that's one way we can help as well. And just to encourage you as you're encouraging others. So how about I do this? How about I pray, and then people can talk to you afterwards and find out more. Do you want to end with the video? Yes. Why don't we do that first, okay? The and then, we'll, then we'll yeah, we'll do the video and then we'll pray. So why don't you just give a background to this video? Sure. So you want to do? Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> nothing's mm -hmm. changed. I still talk. <laughs> play um, to your strengths. <laughs> yeah. So um, we all know that Dorian hit the Bahamas. That's really what put Bahamas on the map, I think, for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and Dorian hit September the 1st, 2019, about a week after we got out of there from a, a mission trip. And um, this video really speaks to that. If you've never been to a place where a hurricane has hit, it's absolutely devastating. And to speak to the Bahamian people during the hurricane, we were literally on the phone with them, was extremely nerve-wracking until the phone lines went out. Um, and then to speak to them afterwards, though, they have such a hope. Mm -hmm. They are the most resilient people mm -hmm. I've ever met in my life. And um, I wrote down some words, Mark, because your songs could not have been more fitting. I even tried to cheat, and I texted Robin last night and said, are you singing? And she said no. So I, didn't, I couldn't plan this, but God knew. And I just kept getting all these H words out mm -hmm. of your worship. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah, mm -hmm. Hosanna, hope, and holy. Mm -hmm. Those are words that really ring true to us. So I hope that this video touches you mm -hmm. and um, will bring a little bit of light onto how most of it is still like this yes. in the Bahamas, yep. which is the scary part. Kids mm -hmm. are still not in school in many places. The airport is still not, like there's so much that is two still- Two and a half years later. Two and a half years mm -hmm. later. Yeah. So um, they need our help. Yes. So All watch right. and Thank you. we'll go from there. Yep. This is the devastation in Point. This is to, at the end of the settlement. This is Steve Lang's cottages. Number one, as you can see, it's gone. 
One of the laundry room, it's gone. These are the home. Everyone is damaged. This one, it could repair. But let me turn to the north. Bursold place here is gone. Bursold home is gone. The convenience store of Curleen's, as you can see, there is no more. That's Lawrence Curling You can see it for yourself right now. This is uh, St. Black's property again. Yes, everything is washed away. The first building is gone. I don't know how far else can you see, but everything is stand and we just want to pray for Jenny and Derek and for everything they're involved in and we as a church and as followers of Jesus we're called 
into our neighborhoods, to love our neighbors and our network of friends, and to the nations. And this is part of us being involved in helping. And so, Father in heaven, we just want to thank you for Jenny and Derek and for their family. Lord, we thank you, God, for just saving them and bringing them into your family, Lord. We thank you, God, that as they've walked with you, Lord, that you have opened doors and you've placed, Lord, your heart in them to serve others. And Lord, we thank you for this opportunity in the Bahamas, God, that you have opened up. And God, we just pray, God, that you would continue to lead and guide them. God, we pray, Lord, you give them great wisdom, Lord, to know your timing. And Lord, we thank you for these partnerships that, Lord, you have formed. And Lord, we pray your blessing upon them, Lord. We pray, Lord, we know that they can do more together, God, than they ever could on their own. So Lord, we're grateful for that. And God, we pray that you would bring your kingdom in and through them. God, one of salvation and healing, God of restoration. Lord, we pray, God, that you would, Lord, through them, God, they would be your hands and feet. God, that they would bring, Lord, encouragement and life. Lord, that your church would be built there, Lord, that disciples would be made. Lord, that the naked would be clothed, Lord, the hungry would be fed. God, that you would provide homes, education. Lord, we just pray for your blessing of resources. Lord, your protection. Continue, Lord, to work in and through them, Lord, for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.